Hey, hello, how are you? This is a show for everyone else. Instead of going after top 1% of the world, we dedicate this podcast to celebrate the lives of the unsung heroes and self-made artists. You know, that's something uh, I think, especially a lot of the creators who are listening to the show, you know, there are people thinking that I'm trying to find my voice until I find it already. But you just clarified that you have something to say, say it, and you'll find that you'll refine your voice, you, you groom it better later on. So could you tell us a little bit about your creative process? And for listeners who haven't visited your site, your Instagram, you know, you have close to 70,000 followers on Instagram. It's not just a number, but every single post is very engaging, meaning not just the likes, the hearts, but there's so many comments and interactions. Same thing goes for your blog posts. So like, could you tell us about your creative process? Like what goes on the post and what do you think about? Sure. So... My, my Instagram account, I just graduated, so I will be blogging more, but I had to kind of put my blog to the, I wasn't blogging near as much as I wanted to. However, my Instagram account kind of took over as my mini blog. I've started showing my face a lot more and it has become my daily journal. So once a day, I'll usually post something lighthearted I have tons of content saved up from the last three years. So sometimes I'll repost if I don't feel like making anything new. I mean, honestly, I go to work for one day and I have content for like a month. Like it doesn't even, it's, you know, like work just gives me content where I will say that I have evolved big time and I'm so glad I have. And, you know, someday some of my old posts are probably going to come back and bite me, but I, you know, what am I going to say? I've changed, I've grown. Basically when I first got into this, especially the Instagram account and Facebook account, I, there, there are other nurse accounts and healthcare accounts. And a lot of them use tactics like gross pictures of like medical procedures or, uh, negative memes with that make fun of patients or nurses or doctors or, or something, you know, they use some tactic to draw in their audience. And I was never mean per se, but my humor was a little bit edgy when I first started my account. And I don't use that anymore because I realized that people latch on to the smallest like millimeter <laughs> of negativity and they just go to town with it. And it's just so counterproductive for what I'm trying to do in this per, per, uh, profession and what message I'm trying to get across. So on the flip side, I've really tried to use positivity instead. And while that won't get you as many followers quite yet as negativity, it's very close to the top. So I really just try and keep things light and funny when it comes to like my, my one post for the day. And then at night, usually I will do a daily like journal, like whatever comes to my mind. I mean, I do those, my funny ones I have scheduled my ones at night where I have like a picture of myself and I write something, normally those just come to mind and it, it would be the equivalent of what I would write in my journal at night. So I'm very vulnerable. I mean, the stuff that I say, I think a lot of people would never tell anyone. And I think that's why people talk to me and I've always been that way. So, so my creative process is this. I 
regarding the Instagram account, which is what I keep bringing up because that's my largest following. I have my one funny post before I post anything. I do really think about it these days. I think about what kind of attention I think it's going to draw, what it's going to do for people when they see it. So I've really changed that. I, it's either got to be positive, motivating, inspiring, you know, it's, it's, there really can't be anything negative in them anymore. So yeah, so I have that. Then at night, I don't know, you know, like one thing could happen during the day and uh, I will just write about it. And I think about how vulnerable I'm being, particularly in relation to, I'm starting a new job in August and it's a very professional position. Not that being a bedside nurse isn't professional, but this is, I'll have a lot of like upper management surrounding me. You know, it's a lot of different pressures. I will be an actual, I will be a provider that's writing orders on patients, prescribing medications, doing procedures. So I really want to think about what I post. But that being said, this is my life and it helps so many people to just let them know that somebody is rooting for them, you know, and, uh, my experiences. So yeah, I mean, it's really just a nightly journal. I, you know, like my dad, one post is about my dad called me one day and, you know, started crying on the phone and telling him how proud, telling me how proud he was of me. And so I wrote about that. And, you know, there are a lot of people that don't have fathers. And I got messages about that saying, you know, I don't have a dad. My dad left when I was young. You know, this is so inspiring to hear just, you know, and I said that I said, if you don't, if you don't have a father, your father was never like this, like, here's a message from my dad, because that's how my dad is. I mean, he, he literally would be the whole world's father if he could, like, you know, he's so lovable. So yeah. So it's just, it's a, a nightly journal basically. And that's it. And I try to respond to all of the comments, respond to all of the messages and keep the account really engaged. Wow. So what what a smart way to use Instagram for your own journal. I I know you're probably not the only one who's doing this, but uh, for one that, you know, it took me a while. Still, I haven't found the perfect place. And uh, the blog feels, my own blog feels already very busy with the podcast content. And sometimes I, I was just literally struggling with this earlier this week, thinking about what if I just want to post something short form and doesn't, it's not overproduced where would that be? And Instagram really seems to be the perfect place for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. And I struggle with it too. I really do. I, I have just mixed long form and short form on my Instagram account, but I really struggle on my blog. Like I'm about ready to go through a big remodel on that. And one thing I have learned about myself is I get very excited and I sometimes have trouble reeling it in. So luckily I have close friend and business partner who knows my personality very well and can be like, okay, Danielle, I see you're getting really excited about all of these ideas and all of these things you want to do, but you know, let's keep it simple. And so I'm really trying to keep just everything simple. You know, I don't, I don't like busy things. You know, I think they're hard to look at. However, the long form, like, I guess like the long paragraphs on my Instagram account, because that's my journal, I, you know, sometimes those don't get the engagement that my funnier, lighter hearted posts will get, but I just keep writing them anyway, because 
it's a different type of engagement, you know? Yeah. And also you can probably, I don't want to use all the technical words, like repurpose. I mean, you can post, right? Post those long forms on the website as well as here. But you you mentioned that late at night you, you'd be writing this. So like what time usually after dinner, nine, 10 o'clock, like before you oh, go to man. sleep? As you know, these accounts take so much time. Like it's not, people think you just sit around and all of a sudden magically got 70,000 followers on Instagram. People have no clue. So I, my day consists of no matter what. And I, and like, I was working two jobs, going to grad school full-time up until two weeks ago. And now I'm studying for boards, still working full-time, still running this. So like, you get it. Like I would wake up, uh, if I was going to the hospital really early, like 5 a.m., 4 a.m., that sort of thing, I would have a post already scheduled for the morning. So I'd just wake up and I'd, and I'd post it. And then I'd come back exhausted from that at night and I'd either repost something or uh, just write a little something about the day that I had and post a picture. And that would be it for days, like 14-hour days. But when I was working my other job or had class for the day or something like that, I will specifically set my alarm for 30 to 45 minutes earlier than I normally would wake up, respond to all my messages, respond to all of my comments. If I can, then do get ready in the morning, go to work, come home at night. And like I said, I usually have those lighthearted posts pretty much scheduled. I'll, I'll take one day a week and schedule like seven of those. So post one of those then come home at night and I'll just like, my friends get so annoyed with me, but I'll just sit down on my couch and sometimes they can take an hour. Sometimes they can take two hours. It just depends on how, if the, if the topic is very personal, I want to make sure that I articulate it very well. So it'll take me some time. Uh, sometimes I'll be sitting at dinner. My best friends all know, like they're, they're fine with it. Sometimes I'll be sitting at dinner and I'll just be like, I have to make a post like, and they're like, okay, you know, and they'll get on their phones, whatever. I still do things, but I devote at minimum two hours per day, like bare minimum two hours per day to this. And then sometimes I can get up to three to five, you know, I, I get very obsessive with it. I watch other, what other people are doing. I, note my favorite accounts and I try and figure out why they're my favorite accounts, why they speak to me. And I try and relay that message, you know, in mine. Yeah. So it's intense. I mean, it gets really intense. You just, you obsess over it. You have to, if you want to be good at anything, you have to be obsessive about it. So I'm so motivated right now. Like as soon as I'm done, I literally want to devote so much time to writing. And I mean, first of all, what you said just couldn't be more true. And I want to just, again, remind some of the listeners who are have all these great ideas, want to put them out there. I cannot tell you, Danielle, like how many people I put on the show and people, like remember most recently this uh, gentleman, I think if you have like half an hour, Bobby Parrish from, is a, you is a cook or slash chef, uh, on YouTube who used to be, uh, working in financial services. Also a gentleman is, uh, in his thirties. And he talks about how content creation really tests your patience and the idea of an overnight success. It is so convoluted. It's so misleading to anybody who want to accomplish anything because, you know, if you wait 
for people to come to you without you putting in the work, it's just simply not going to work for 99.9% of the people. I too find myself late at night, like 12, I mean, late at night, it's 12.30, one in the morning after all the recording, then preparing for the shows. And I'm writing with one eye open, literally, uh, try to write, think of some really crazy good titles. Like, oh, I got to Google keep this one. I'm going to get to this one day. And then when I have the time to write, I actually look through the titles, the blog posts that I really want to write and just like crank them out. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you have to, and you know, how I built this following. I just built it on what I know. And I know nurses really well. And I can almost predict what they're going to do before they do it. So I relate all of my content to nurses. And I just, I'm also very open. And I think that that has something to do with it too. I mean, when you I feel that over the years, I know myself very well. I know myself so much better than I used to. I mean, there's always things to learn, but I really am the most comfortable with myself at this point in my life. And I think that that's reflective of what I post. What I post, I hope, comes across as very authentic. You know, I don't try and sugarcoat things. I am who I am and that's it. And I I think that it's caught on somewhat. Hi there, this is Fei Wu, and you're listening to the Face World Podcast. Today on the show, I'm joined by Danielle Levesque, who is a nurse, an amazing one. To find out more about her stories, check out her blog, nurseabnormalities.com, and also her incredible Instagram channel, at nurseabnormalities. You've done such a great job because you know your avatar. I don't love the term all that all that much, but you know, in terms of your customer, who is your ideal audience, you know them all. Like you said, you. I mean, you've reached a higher level than honestly any digital marketing coach can even teach you because you're in it um, day in and day out. And to be honest, like I don't have nearly a good of a grasp on my audience as you do because. Uh, it is quite vast, and it's it's a lot of categories. People are actually a little bit older than what I originally anticipated, and uh, you know that was kind of interesting. I had always thought, since every job I had, I always coach people who are a little bit younger, sometimes a lot younger. I thought I would be sort of the mentor to them on Instagram, Facebook, but instead, people who end up listening to the show are a little bit older, as in thirty and up, and people into their forties and fifties because. People know that there's no shortcuts. People people have lived long enough to realize that you do have to put in the hard work to get something back. So I, I posted this question to you and, and I do want to ask for it is something that, you know, do you see what you're doing to potentially turn into a business? You have other services on offerings around it? Um, uh, so initially, so yes, the short answer is yes. I set a goal for myself when I started this, you know, it's evolved. It's finally evolved into what I want it to be. And I set a goal 
for some reason, my graduation date was just in my head because I knew once I graduated, I would be, school would be, that was the most important thing that would be gone. And I wanted to have 50,000 followers by the end of graduation. So I, I do set goals for myself and, and it keeps me obsessive over my accounts um, and keeps me creating new content. So, so I did that. I reached my goal. And then I told myself after that, I would start trying to monetize, but it's very, I didn't initially want to do that because my, in my soul, I would give everything away for free, you know, until I had nothing. And that's what nurses do in general. That's another very nurse characteristic. And I have already been doing things for free for three years. I have not really charged for anything aside from getting some free scrubs from a company that I work with. I don't charge for shout outs. And it got to the point where one, I'm putting a lot of time into this and two, I have student loans to pay back. And three, I think that what I'm doing could inspire and help so many nurses that it could potentially change the whole profession. And that's a lofty dream. And I realize that that is a really lofty dream, but that's my goal. And I want to see a profession where nurses get their lunch breaks and they get a paid maternity leave being such a, you know, female dominated profession. And they are treated well and respected, you know, universally, or at least across the United States. And then potentially even in other countries, because a lot of them follow the lead of the United States. So, so I have very lofty goals and to do that at some point, I'm going to have to monetize and I'm going to need people to back me because I, sh I surely don't have the money to do that. So in my mind, I always keep in the back there that I'm not doing it for myself. There, there is a part of me that you know, maybe once, you know, the artist thing, like you, you want your writing to be read and you want to be helping people, but, and, and you could say there is like a, an ego aspect to that. But I really, as soon as I identify that in myself, I try and shut it down because I don't ever want my ego to take over. My prime goal is to help people and the profession and whomever. And so I feel like if I keep that in my mind, then I can monetize correctly and tastefully versus, you know, doing it for just making money. That's never come to my mind ever. I don't, I'm not doing this just to make money, but I realize I need it in effort to, to reach my larger goal. That being said too, I am tired of social media influencers being taken advantage of and particularly nurses, because they, they do get taken advantage of. And I've got to start setting the standard and the precedent that like, if you want me to do anything for you, you have to pay. Like we work, we work really hard. So that's another thing where that didn't really hit me until one of my friends was like, you know, you keep doing these things for free, but they're going to expect other people to do it for free too. And you're a leader doing this. You have to set the standard. And so I was like, you know what, you're right. So that's, that's to come. Uh, I also really want to write a book. And just in the last two weeks, I had a moment of clarity of uh, how I want to phrase and how I want to create that book. And so I feel like I have a starting off point for that. So hopefully within the next year, year and a half, I can really get that going. And 
I love public speaking. I'm doing some speaking this fall and maybe a commencement address that's still to be determined. But uh, yeah, so I'm not, I'm not exactly sure how everything will be monetized at this point will be turned into a business. I just want to be very careful with how I do it and do it thoughtfully. I almost feel like once you've worked as a nurse, you're trained as a nurse, you can go into a lot of careers. Like, I think it could even be a trend, especially for, I think it's okay for people to want to experience different things. Or like you said, not everybody's cut out to be a nurse and they could, you know, kind of merge into other industries, I, I say this because based on what you just said, I'm thinking, oh my God, like I, I've worked as a project manager and digital producer for over a decade. And that's the, literally the most underappreciated job and position. Uh, but like when it comes down to it, am I a designer? Am I a developer? No, but I could do a lot of those things. And I've been sort of the emergency contact when things fall through. And in between all of that, you're a shrink. Everybody comes to you for problems. Um, you have to kind of block out some of the negativity from the client. So there's so much of that uh, that that so resonated with me. Um, but, you know, what you're talking about in terms of ICU, I immediately think about palliative care as well. Um, you know, I know not everybody in and out of ICU will necessarily go into palliative care, but that's one area we didn't get to talk about. I wonder if you could uh, share some of the insights there. Sure. I I love palliative care. I'm a huge proponent of it. I, throughout my career, have realized that a lot of people don't understand it. And so my initial passion, my very first unit that I ever worked on was cardiac medical ICU, which is an extremely high acuity unit. Uh, lots of the patients have cardiac arrested. They have, you know, heart failure, very lethal conditions. And so as I was dealing with isn't the right caring for all of these patients, I was taxed. Like as a new nurse trying to figure out what I was doing and finding my way, I was super taxed. Well, we had a great palliative care team in this hospital where I worked, like actually a really progressive palliative care team for the, for the time. We had our own hospice floor in the hospital where if patients were dying, we could transfer the patients to this floor that was quiet and had you know, like nice places for families and no monitors and like true end of life care. Uh, we also had the resources to support the patients and families as far as like, you know, anything, advanced directives, uh, paperwork, like all that annoying stuff that you don't want to deal with when things aren't going well in the hospital. We had pretty open conversations about goals of care. I mean, it wasn't perfect, but at least the conversation was there. But what really hit me was like, I'm trying to take care of these patients as a nurse who's been a nurse for you know, less than six months at this point. And I was like, I can't, I don't have the emotional energy to devote to every single other person in the room at this point, if I don't want to mess something up with the patient. So I would always ask for a palliative care consult. Like, can palliative care just come talk to these, this family, because I don't feel like I'm doing a good job. And, and I, and I am taxed, you know, like I'm, I'm on empty. So like, I really need help. So if any nurse is listening and wants to know how to get palliative care and to see a patient, you can always go up to a physician and say that. And so that's kind of been my tactic along the way for the last seven years. Like I need this palliative care consult for me because I do not have the resources within me anymore. I'm on empty. I can't take care of this patient and, and family. So that happened. And then I started seeing just how incredible they are. And if I could 
voice one thing. If you take one thing from this, a patient does not have to be dying. You're not giving up by ordering palliative care. There's a misconception that palliative care is only hospice care. And that is not the case. I mean, you can still have curative measures alongside palliative care. You hospices in the end, it's, it's under the umbrella of options that palliative care can provide. But in general, I like to explain palliative care as a team that comes in and finds out what the patient wants, talks to the family, talks to all of the doctors on the team, like, you know, oncology, surgery, cardiology, like there's so many and brings everyone together to meet the needs of the patient and truly find out what the patient wants. You know, does this patient want to, does the patient want to go home and run a marathon eventually, or is maybe like walking to the mailbox every day to get the mail and back enough, you know, like we can reach those goals and that's what it is. It's not, you know, wishing death upon somebody or withholding care or all of these other terrible stereotypes that happen. Uh, it's truly holistic care for the well-being of the patient and family. And in some instances, people even live longer, you know, so I have seen it work and I have seen the effect that it has on patients. And I believe in that as much as I believe in nursing as a profession. So uh, yeah, so I did my my doctoral work I, uh, on palliative care consultations for end-stage heart failure patients in the cardiac ICU, and it was really hard. It's really tough to change culture, but every little bit counts, and so it was very meaningful to me, even though it probably doesn't look like much on a manuscript. It was really hard, <laughs> so it meant a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. If you haven't written uh, a blog article about this, I think this has to go on the list of, I, I think because a lot of the nurses may not even know that that's an option. And granted, I I did hear that some hospitals don't necessarily have that service ready, uh, but at least it's worth a try. It's a question that they could ask. Um, and then I think, uh, you know, palliative care is definitely on the rise. I happen to be in China, like a tier three city. And I talked to several doctors and they were, they have these huge groups on WeChat, which is like a Chinese chat platform. And people are going crazy. I mean, just the, the amount of engagement. I, honestly, I didn't even know that they knew what palliative care was. I, I, I guess I was the ignorant one. Uh, they're like, we're so into it. And they're doctors from America and China. They're having these conferences. So it's all bubbling up everywhere. And I think in partnership with nurses just comes hand in hand. I mean. Right. I think, I personally think nurses are like the natural creators of palliative care. I think that they, of course, don't take credit for it, but it's like what they do every day. So I, if I could go back and do my doctoral project differently, I would have had the palliative care consultation start with the nurse because I tell nurses, I get messages all the time. How do you get consults on these patients? Like doctors always shut me down. Like nobody wants to order palliative care on these patients, blah, 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 blah. And, and I have to like talk them through it. But I, if a nurse puts his or her mind to something, you can get it done, you know, and they just have to be passionate enough about it, just like anything else. And so that's what I tell them. Like I always slide in the tactic of ordering the consult for support for the nurse. Again, like I said, it's so easy to take up your time. But before we wrap up, Danielle, like if people want to find you, connect with you, what are some of the best ways to do that? So you can 
follow my Instagram account is probably the easiest way to have a summary of everything that I do. And my tag is at nurse abnormalities. My blog is www.nurseabnormalities.com. I am also on nurse abnormalities on Facebook. So at nurse abnormalities on Facebook. So you can reach me on there too. And I'm probably going to be branching into LinkedIn soon. That's what, that's my new favorite platform. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to be hitting that hard this summer. Uh, but that will be to come and that will be under my name, Danielle Levesque. So. Oh, thank you so much, Danielle. I'm so, I so enjoy this conversation. Hi there, it's me again. I want to thank you very much for listening to this episode and I hope you were able to learn a few things. If you enjoy what you heard, it will be hugely helpful if you could subscribe to the Face Royal podcast. It literally takes seconds. If you're on your mobile phone, just search for Face Royal podcast in the podcast app on iPhone or an Android app such as Podcast Addict and click subscribe. All new episodes will be delivered to you automatically. Thanks so much for your support.